Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. 50 years ago, Senator Mike Gravel, Democrat from Alaska, read the Pentagon Papers into the congressional record risking censure and ultimately uh, expulsion from the Senate. Uh, The senator passed away on Saturday at the age of 91. Uh, Take just a quick listen to uh, kind of his perspective on that. One may respond that we made such a sacrifice to preserve freedom and liberty in Southeast Asia. One may respond that we sacrifice ourselves on the continent of Asia so that we will not have to fight a similar war on the shores of America. One can make these arguments only if he has failed to read the Pentagon Papers. Joining us today is his daughter, Lynn Mosier, uh, to talk about his legacy, his life, his historic moment of reading those papers and so many other areas where he really was a trailblazer and a force for good in the world. Lynn, thanks for joining us today. Boy, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think your dad uh, was one of those who uh, would have struggled in today's world a lot simply because uh, he spoke the truth. He didn't worry about the consequences Uh, Or maybe he worried about the consequences, but he was willing to accept the consequences uh, to make sure that truth and transparency uh, really ruled the day. Well, and he was doing that right up to the end. And, you know, we'll we'll get to what his his final work was all about. But uh, but just to reference the Pentagon Papers for a moment. um, And Dan Ellsberg talks about this, too, which is the important thing that my dad wanted about his legacy wasn't what his accomplishments were, but what they mean for today. Mm. So the precedent was set uh, 50 years ago that any member of Congress, senator, congressperson, was protected under a Supreme Court precedent after he read the papers and risked expulsion and and potential imprisonment, um, that any uh, congressperson, uh, when it is the people's right to know in order to be an informed electorate, that they are covered under the speech and speech or debate clause uh, that they can release, you know, quote unquote, state secrets when it's essential 
for the voting uh, population to know these facts. And Dan Ellsberg talks about many instances where it was needed, but no one, no senator, no congressperson has stood up in 50 years. Uh, Rachel Maddow did a special uh, two years ago regarding Fusion GPS and the precedent that Gravel set. Uh, and again, why did no senator step up and expose what was going on? But it'd be, there's chapter and verse, whether it was the two sets of intelligence leading up to the Iraq war uh, the torture documents, you know, the list goes on. That, yeah. uh, the, the, the Congress is just not functional. And what my dad was working on in his final, you know, his final years, his, up to his final days, was, um, you know, we've got a representative democracy that's broken. It's minority control, and it's controlled by 40 senators who are frightened of a Trump primary challenger. And so that's, it's not only minority control, it's minority of the minority control. Um, (laughs) Which is usually the case in this country. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so we see all this nonsensical stuff that's happening, you know, whether it's uh, the nuclear, you know, the trillions that we squander on nuclear weapons that we cannot use, and we should never use. And we don't need to spend trillions of dollars on war. It doesn't do anything. Um, So he was on the debate stage in um, 2007, and of course in 2019. Well, he didn't get on the debate stage in 2019, but his message has been consistent, which yeah. is we need direct democracy, which is a fourth check in our system of checks and balances. And it was written about extensively, a solution, a structure in his last book, which is called The Failure of Representative Democracy and a Solution a legislature of the people. And it's available on Amazon. We hope to get it available on some other source so you don't have to go to Amazon. (laughs) But it's extremely important to look at what are the solutions because it's not gotten better since the 1970s. It's gotten worse. (laughs) That's right. uh, With weapons and inequality. And the things that the people, you pull the people and they are, you know, 80% plus in favor of certain policies yeah. But then you elect an official and they don't they they say, I can't do anything about it. Oh, right. can't do anything about it. Got to wait till the next time that you can vote somebody in. That's so right. We give all of our we give all of our power away on Election Day and have then have to protest, beg and plead. And it's not going to change uh, until, in my father's opinion and my own, um, that we get uh, that fourth check in the system of checks and balances. Yeah, and and so interesting too because uh, we often talk on this program about uh, this. We call them the movable middle. It's it's the vast majority of the country. Mm-hmm. It's as you said. It's that issue that eighty percent of the country all agrees on, but yet you've got the far left and the far right uh, saying, well, no, we can't deal with that until next election or we need three more senators or, or two more members of the House to, to do this or we've got to control the White House to do that. And uh, I, I call it the, uh, the they often use the term in the, the halls of Congress that, well, you know, we're going to wait on this so we can live to fight another day. But in, in most cases, uh-huh. it's live to surrender another day. Uh, and in the process, uh, they're convincing the we the people that we're just too divided to deal with these things yeah. that 80% of the country agrees on. And we're on. not. We're not divided. And and you see direct democracy working very well in a country like Switzerland, where the issues – and Switzerland wasn't always an educated, prosperous country. They had 
different religions and different languages and no natural resources. Mm-hmm. So they've had direct democracy for 100 years. And what you have is the issues are on the front page of the paper and the politicians are on the back page of the paper. Yay. So it's, right now we've got personality <laughs> politics and we've got you know mainstream media that's talking about how divided we are. You, wow. Boyd, you hit the nail on the head. We are not divided. We are together, but because of the, our structure of representative uh, politics, yeah. um, we, we're not going to get electoral college reform from the Congress. They're not going to do that. <laughs> or term you know, limits or, and, uh, yeah, or <laughs> all of those kinds of things. Or anything else that makes yeah. sense. D- reduction of the nuclear arsenal, that's not going to come from the Congress. No, and on, um, That's going to come from the people saying, I don't want my tax money spent that way. Yeah, that's right. And on so many of those issues, they're, they're not even left and right anymore. It's those in power yeah. uh, against everyone else, uh, which yeah. is why I continue to believe it's uh, – I can be pretty pessimistic about the politics, but it's – it's community and culture that leads, uh, and we have to make right. sure we put that first and foremost. Uh, we so appreciate you joining us today, Lynn, and uh, the great legacy of your father, Senator Mike Gravel, Democrat from Alaska. We didn't even get into all the other bipartisan things and mm. uh, that that he did, but a great legacy, yeah. uh, a great uh, senator for the state of Alaska, and uh, one that, again, should get us all, whether you agree with all of the specifics or not, this is what we need to think again about uh, because if we just keep doing the same status quo, we're going to remain in the same status quo. Lynn, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to step aside. Uh, great things to think about there. Uh, again, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum, uh, we all got to think just a little bit different. Uh, great perspective there. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, it's in-state work period. What's that? Let's find out coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.